Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back. My name is Steve aka Zen Ronin and this is Zen Ronin Presents. It is Saturday, December 2nd, 11.07pm and I am just starting my very first fan commentary track for the Marvel Universe. Now if you listen to the episode before this, the little five minute blurb, it was me telling you that in celebration, I suppose, of Infinity War on the horizon, I'm going to watch and do a fan commentary track for every movie in the Marvel Universe uh, chronologically. It's going to be interesting. Um, I, I There's no doubt I can do it. I love these movies. I have a lot of fun watching it. I have a lot of fun talking through them. Um, whether or not my voice holds up, we'll see. I'm looking to release one per week. Uh, and we're starting at the very beginning. We're starting with Iron Man. Um, I'm looking forward to this. This is, if you've uh, ever heard me uh, talk on my own podcast or The Hero Protocol. Um, again, go check them out. Say hi to Shane. Um, this is tied probably for my favorite superhero movie of all time. I love the original Iron Man and its success cannot be disputed in that this is the face that launched a thousand ships. Um, this was the um, this is the keystone. This is this is the thing that the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe was built off of and it is a stroke of genius pretty much from beginning to end um it's i it's just it's it's just fantastic we'll, we'll get into all that as as we we i can extrapolate on it as we go um but just a, a quick rundown on how we do the commentaries if you've never listened to any of my commentaries i think the only one i've ever done uh, the only one i've actually done is um the man of steel one um i'll tell you where i am sitting right now uh as far as the film goes i have it on pause it's already queued up it's already ready to go the uh and this is so you guys can sync up you can press play at the same time and then uh hopefully my voice will track with what's going on in the film um in real time so i'm sitting at uh, the paramount logo is just beginning started so we were at a blue sky and then or blue sky a starry black sky and then the uh, stars started to fall down um i am nine seconds into it um so you know there's stars are kind of just about to hit the cloud cover so if you want to maybe press play or set it up so you're about meh, you could be like between eight and eleven seconds and i think my commentary will still probably flow pretty well with the movie but uh that's where we're sitting right now uh so if you want to get all set up then um we should be good to go and uh, play in so sitting at nine seconds Paramount logo and I'll like kind of reiterate where I'm sitting as these opening texts go so you can tell if you're a little too far ahead or a little too behind so uh, ready to go everybody here we go so we'll do a countdown here I'll go three two one and go go on the go so ready and ready to go so ready to play in three two one go
So the Paramount logo, the stars around the mountain right now. Viacom Company has come up. The Marvel thing is going now. The old school Marvel one with the page flipping. Now Marvel Studios. And here we go. We're ready to go. So Humvee's driving down a mountain range. Now, I remember when this movie first came out, people like me, like hardcore, lifelong, what a great way to start it to, ACDC, Kunar Province, Afghanistan. Um, comic book fans like me were, like, hyped about it. Like, they're making an Iron Man movie? That's so cool. And I think a lot of us were hyped about it because... Other than the X-Men movies, Marvel hadn't really done, like, movies. They haven't done, hadn't done many, well, X-Men and, and I guess Spider-Man. So the fact that they were going to jump into Iron Man, I think weirded out a lot of people. Because he was such kind of an off-center character. It was also super cool, though, because a lot of people who were comic readers knew how deep a character Tony Stark was. Um, I mean, Marvel Disney has kind of not gone in a lot of directions. They tease it a little bit. They play with it a little bit about Tony's alcoholism and he's, he's a very self-destructive person. They get the egomaniac part of him very, very well. But, uh, people like me were really, really excited. I had friends who had no idea who Iron Man was. I had a friend who thought Iron Man was a robot. You know, had no idea that Robert Downey Jr. was the man inside the suit. Tony Stark was the man inside the suit. So, very, very cool. Very, very excited when it first came out. Could not have expected this movie to be anywhere near as good as it was. And it starts out so great. You get Tony's character immediately. He's drinking, he's wisecracking. And it's just a great, like, and then it starts with the explosion and, and everything just goes to shit. And in kind of just this quick five minute early run up, you get to know Tony like so well. From this to the bomb dropping beside him with his name on it. Um, it's just an incredibly smart and effective way to open this film. Even though a lot of people say it's like a trope now where it's like you do something like this and then three days later, three weeks later, two hours before, whatever. Great. That, I remember that getting a huge laugh in the theater considering it was so dark. Like such a, a dark scenario. But the fact that he looks over and his name's on the bomb that's about to kill him. It's brutal. But it's also like really great brutal irony. I mean, I'm not irony, I guess. But comeuppance or, or karma uh, that Tony is an international arms dealer. Or, or weapons manufacturer, I guess. Um, if, you, if you want to play semantics. Let's talk about uh, Robert Downey Jr. being cast as Tony Stark. Um, 
and give props to director uh, John Favreau. Iron Man credit. This movie, I don't think, would have succeeded anywhere near as well as it did without Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. It, it might be one of the most perfect examples of casting in Hollywood history. Um, and, and it's... It's almost like he's not even playing... Like, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, like, he defines the character. I'm saying, like, they might be the same person. <laughs> I mean, to give Robert Downey Jr. a... a uh, an Iron Man robot suit, and he might start fighting crime. Who knows? But uh, I I can't think of a better casting example ever. And for him to be like the face of the Marvel Universe for these first, what, like four or five films before we start adding in Thor and Captain America, uh, Terrence Howard as uh, Cody Rhodes. That's, I think, maybe the only major casting change. I mean, we'll get around to another major one, but the other one doesn't necessarily matter because it's two different studios. Well, I'm talking about The Incredible Hulk because that is technically not part of the MCU, but uh, is kind of an adopted member and officially part of the canon of the MCU. Um, but Bruce Banner and that played by um, Ed Norton. Uh, and then obviously replaced by Mark Ruffalo in the Marvel Universe. But this is the other major um, casting change. Terrence Howard exchanged for Don Cheadle um, as Rhodey. I like Terrence Howard. I liked him a lot. Um, he was... I won't get into the, to, into the story behind why he was replaced. Unless you say that there's no love lost between him and Robert Downey Jr. Um... Uh, you'd have to, like, just do a search for Terrence Howard. Um, obviously very upset, and yeah, honestly, rightfully so. But that's in the past. Uh, Terrence Howard, very successful. Robert Downey Jr., very successful. Um, as a fan, to me, Water Under the Bridge, as far as the two gentlemen on screen, I don't think they'll be sharing drinks anytime soon. Uh, you got... John Favreau pulling a, uh, a Hitchcock in his own film, although he actually acts in it, so. This is just a wonderfully paced film as well. Like, it never... It never really slows down. And another thing, like, as far as this movie goes, it kind of set the tone... For the tone, I guess just set the tone, for the Marvel Universe overall. Uh, like, it's funny. It's got action. Uh, the hero has charisma, but he's flawed. I wonder how much his 
facial hair has changed. That's something we'll have to pay attention. Tony Stark's facial hair. We'll have to pay attention to the goatee. I haven't watched this in so long, so it's going to be very hard for me to not just, like, drone out and actually pay attention to enjoy the film. Um, and it works, Tony. Way to go. So I'm going to open a can of pop, guys. I'm sorry. I should have opened it before we started recording, but whatever. I like that actress. Um, I can't remember her name. She played Sonya Blade in the Mortal Kombat movie, if I'm not mistaken. Jarvis. It's another thing. We're, it's going to be so fun watching these movies and piecing together things that will happen. And this house. Tony's Mansion on the beach. So many things to happen. <laughs> Jarvis becomes his own thing. This house gets destroyed. Oh, spoilers. If you're really not paying attention, you... Or if you haven't watched all these movies, you really shouldn't be watching them right now with me. First, for the first time. About to... I think we're about to get Pepper's introduction. I will say again, um wonderful casting uh Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts there she is I love Gwyneth Paltrow weird spirituality vagina eggs thing <laughs> aside she can do whatever she wants she can have you know her own health regiments and and weird meditative practices uh, but she's like perfect in this role and I'll be honest I mean I as far as I've I did know Iron Man for the comic books I was never like a, a huge reader he was kind of a character that showed up during major story crossovers um, so I knew of him but was not an Iron Man fan per se so I can't say that I knew Pepper Potts, or whether or not this is a great representation of the comic book Pepper Potts. But she's fantastic in this role. Um, it's almost a pity that the Marvel movies got at, well, not necessarily as big, but maybe as intertwined as they get. Um, because some of these really great supporting characters get sacrificed along the way. Which makes sense because as our hero's gallery grows, we're not going to have as much time for these supporting characters. I think, though, that maybe someone needs to re-examine that down the uh, down the path a little bit because... Well, I mean, I guess Tony is, is human. But we really need, do need to keep like the human element intact in these films to kind of ground us, if that makes any sense. Like, let's assume someone dies in Avengers Infinity War. Now, I, there's two deaths that I think would really, really, really hardcore affect the audience. That would be 
Tony or Cap? Iron Man or Captain America? I think I'd be hit just as hard if Pepper died. You know what I mean? She's what grounds Tony for the most part. Um, he's so reckless. That's what I love about him. Is he's so kind of reckless until he's faced with the consequences for his life. Great cars. Great cars. This, what's coming out, was one of my favorite scenes in the theater <laughs> when we were watching it. See, I, I, I mean, I kind of, I, I liked Terrence Howard, man, as, as Rhodey, I did. And again, not to take anything away from John, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle's an amazing actor, really great. But this Rhodey, to me, comes off as more of a... <laughs> as we switch into them drinking, I was going to say comes in as more of a disciplinarian to me. You know what I mean? Like actually scolding Tony. Whereas Don Cheadle's roadie to me comes off as more of a stick in the mud. Kind of a, oh, Tony, you scamp. I love that a stripper pole rises from the floor. Oh my God. This, um, there's a, uh, an account I follow on Twitter called One Perfect Shot. Uh, they, they do, I don't know, lots of film stuff. Uh, but daily, multiple times a day, they tweet out just single frames of films. Um, they tweet this out, and I have to agree with them. Tony, well, this is a fucking great... Um, great speech regardless it's how dad did it it's how America does it but I, I can't remember the name of the rocket I know he just said it but this um, when they fire off and Tony has his arms kind of wide open they tweet that visual and you have to agree man that is just a wonderfully framed shot this is so good right here the Jericho Right there. It's a great screen grab. Just a, a man who is just obsessed with the excesses of life. You kind of, there's part of it you has to admire it. Obadiah Stane. Um, I 
I don't know what I think about this villain, to be completely honest. Um, the humdrum V. God, I'm just remembering that, like, it's such a well-written movie. And now we come for a circle. So, I mean, like, realistically, what a great way to start this movie out. Is that you throw us into the chaos, the action, you set the tone of the movie, like, we're going to have some fun, we're going to tell some jokes, there are, is going to be some major action, there's going to be some dire consequences. Flashback, here's who Tony Stark is, love him, hate him, this is the person. And then we get into, like, Tony's growth period like almost immediately oh my god makes me gag oh jesus oh that's so brutal there's really good sound design in this scene anyway back to obadiah stain uh, I think he might be the beginning of what a lot of people, and you may disagree with this and that's fine, but a lot of people consider like the Marvel problem. Is that Marvel just, a lot of their films suffer from shallow villains. Um, and not shallow in that, like they're not, not to say that they're, they're actually physically weak or anything, not even to say that they're not interesting but that their motivations are, are shallow and that the characters, the villains themselves, don't get nearly as fleshed out as the uh, protagonists. Obadiah Stane's probably done better than a lot of them, but still, when we get towards the end of the film, it's just kind of like, oh, so he's what, he's like... His motivations are acceptable. But they seem a little weak that he would just automatically turn into like, let's start killing folks, <laughs> you know? Oh. I will say that he might have the best origin story I've ever seen. Tony Stark. Iron Man. Um, I mean, at least as played out on film. It's, they define who the character is, we've been over that, but then they show, like, his strengths without the suit. He's obviously a genius, he's very charismatic, he's uh, a leader, and you can tell that because of the way he runs his company. But then they show him in this, uh, not just moment, but this, like, window this this time frame of weakness i don't remember if there's supposed to be subtitles here but there's no subtitles on my screen so <laughs> i have no idea what's going on except i do
Now, I'm going to go ahead and say something a little uncomfortable here. This movie got very close to making a really good point about the arms manufacturing industry overall, and then it really kind of shied away from it. So it was so close. Like, it kind of, it hints at the point, like, look, this guy created all these weapons. These weapons are used to kill all of these people. But he kind of doesn't care about it until it becomes, like, until the problem lands at his feet. Literally. And only then does he change. But then he uses the same weapons to... You know, like, you know what I mean? I mean, he does actually stop being a weapons manufacturer. And then he turns everything into, I don't know if it's necessarily philanthropy, because he still, like, runs Stark Industries. They're still making products, right? What does he do after he stops making weapons? Like, what else do they manufacture? He's not just R&D for the Avengers. I want to know what Tony Stark makes now. Does he make microwaves? Now, how would that guy know they have everything he needs to make the Jericho? If he knows what it takes to make the Jericho, why can't he just make one? This guy is such a weird redirect. Like, I don't... I guess at the beginning of the movie they are playing him to be the big bad, which, okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, he's, he's a, a MacGuffin or a red herring. Um, so I guess that makes sense, but he obviously isn't if you see the film. trying to remember um, the actor who voices Jarvis and you'll have to forgive me because like Paul Bettany um, it's so crazy to think that like he was there from the very beginning as well and will eventually come you know go on to I'm gonna move around so you can hear some noise will eventually go on to become the Vision. It's so fun going back to the beginning. It really is. It's, I, I actually love this idea now. I hope that I can keep up like this enjoyment and this excitement for the whole thing. And I hope it's interesting. So we'll see. You guys can give me feedback at any time during this entire process. Um, but I'm committed to it. We're doing this. And I've got other things like this planned, by the way. We're going to do all the Marvel movies. I have other um, 
commentaries in bunches that I plan to do, so. Oh, there are subtitles. There we go. I hope we're all still synced up, sunk up, synced up, sunk up, in sync. This movie's actually really great at leading you one way and then taking like a, a a left turn when you don't expect it. Like we start the movie, Tony and the Humvees, blah, 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 explosion. Like, oh my God, crazy. Then we go back in time and then we circle right back around to the explosion of the Humvee. Now we're here, we expect Tony's building a weapon for these guys. Turns out, nope, building the arc reactor. Which is super interesting. Like, I, I, I would love to know how Tony's mind worked in this. Did he plan to build the arc reactor? Which, I guess he's just building a mini arc reactor. Because they... Miniature arc reactor. Which, okay, so yeah, there you go. So he's already got one. So he's actually just reducing one in size. So did he know that he could already weaponize it? You know what I mean? Like, or did he just, like, when did he come to the idea that I'm going to build an arc reactor? Was it to just save his life to keep the shrapnel out of his system? Or, well, no, I guess it's right here. He says it. It's to, to power the suit. That's so great, by the way. So, again, going back to, if you're a non-comic fan, you only know the Marvel Universe through the films. Something you may not know is that design, this design we see here, or not here, but later in the film when he comes out and he's this big kind of iron monolith or this um, uh, um, just the, the big bulky Iron Man suit, Iron Man suit Mark 1. That was literally how Iron Man looked. In the first issue of Iron Man, that was the costume design. Um, so it's a really, really great nod to longtime uh, Marvel Iron Man comic book fans. And like, you know, we're going to make this movie, but we're going to do it correctly. Make no mistake, the people involved in this are also fans. And it's... I think very super like super super important and I think it's it speaks well of the entire Marvel universe from this point forward is that they they seem to have really gotten people involved who also grew up on these stories who grew up with these characters who cared about getting them and doing them right um and who kind of stuck with like the original intended design of the characters if that makes any sense like uh, um robert downey jr's iron man is iron man as he accept is accepted in the comic books uh he acts the same way 
he conducts business the same way. He, I, I don't know if his origin story is exactly the same in the comics. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, I know that the whole, the, the arc reactor keeping shrapnel out of his bloodstream. I know that that is the same, but I don't know the circumstances in which it happened in the original comic book. Or I believe that that's the same. I'll say that because I, I've never read Iron Man 1, so I couldn't tell you. I like this guy. This guy should act in a lot more stuff. He was in, um, oddly enough, he was the starship captain in the reboot of the Star Trek films, J.J. Abrams' reboot of Star Trek. Uh, he was the captain of, of, uh, James Kirk's father's ship. Uh, and if, if you remember the original Star or the, the Star Trek reboot film, uh, James, James Kirk's father, played by Thor Chris Hemsworth. So there's a little um, six degrees of Kevin Bacon for you. But th I actually really do like this guy's acting. I think he's um, visually very strong. I think he's a great actor. He's got a good look. He should be in a lot more. This guy... Would make an outstanding Sinestro. This is I, I remember watching this at the beginning and I'm like I because I thought the entire time that this dude, this guy right here, I can't remember his name, the guy in the glasses. I thought he was a traitor the entire time. Like I thought it was plant and I thought this was the scene confirming it. Who is this actor? I want to know his name because I want to give him props because I actually think he is really great. What were they going to do with the coal? Because they're not necessarily threatening to kill him there. They're just... I'm not saying that what they're doing is right by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I'm not justifying it. But, like, were they going to make him eat it? They just drop it on his face? Put it in his eye? Like, you know what I mean? Ferranta here. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that. Ferranta here. Uh, character's name is Raza. Oh my god, really? I'm just sorry, I'm just looking at the um, cast list. We've got another really great one coming. Another really great uh, throwback. Or not throwback, but lead up to 
or character intro into the greater universe. I totally forgot about it. This is a great like take on the on the like hero gearing up scene where it's usually really flashy and you know, clicky sounds and guns being locked and loaded whereas this is like in a dark cave I love that he's mapped out the entire compound in his mind how to get out I'm thinking about it. That guy would have been, should have been cast as um, Jafar in the new live-action Aladdin. He would have been a great Jafar too. This is a really great uh, Tony, just like not panicking under pressure. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of things to say here about this because it's just so fun to watch. <laughs> I haven't watched this movie in so long. Um, and it really is one of my favorite. This is such a heroic act here. If it isn't for this guy, Iron Man doesn't happen. And look, and the fact that he's firing into the air, like he doesn't want to kill anybody. Great character. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've said this on a, on a constant and consistent basis. This is like up there as one of my favorite tied for like my favorite superhero movies of all time. Um, the other two in contention are probably, um, uh, Dark Knight and um, Captain America Civil War I love or no sorry Winter Soldier I love Winter Soldier a lot and I can't wait to rewatch that one it's going to be fun and I love to just bust loose he goes Ape shit. You like immediately know how powerful the suit is. And again, this isn't even necessarily, I guess it's the Mark I, but it's more like a prototype than anything else. It looks so good. It still looks so good. Like, it's this movie isn't really dated at all.
I mean, other than, like, the cell phone that he's using. A couple weird directing decisions there. Like this, what is this POV semi-night cam thing they're rocking? <laughs> it's a little weird. Oh, it looks so good. I love this Mark One suit. It looks so good because it is, like, ripped right off the comic page. And this is kind of like the first hint of, like, Tony Stark, if you cross him, does not give a shit. He will fuck up your world. Which... Oddly enough, it's kind of a major advantage. If and I mean, I'm gonna try to not do this a lot, is to compare the Marvel movies versus the DC movies. I'm just here to celebrate the Marvel movies right now. I love the DC movies as well. We can get into that, but um, a major advantage for the Marvel films is that everybody kind of accepts that their heroes are allowed to kill, kind of without with like reckless abandon. <laughs> But, um, Superman, Batman, not allowed. Nope, not at all. So it's, it's very <laughs> advantage Marvel on that point. Go ahead. Let the bodies hit the floor. Now, granted, none of the DC heroes, or none of the Marvel heroes, tears down an entire city in a fight. So that is an argument I understand. Man is still fucked up a little bit on that one. Now you're fucked. Now you're really fucked. That was a great on-screen death, though. You know what I mean? Like, people die on screen all the time. Some of them, not that memorable. I mean, five people, more than that, have already died here. But they're bad guys, so they're kind of fodder. That looks so good. Um, but even sometimes, you're like, protagonists or heroes in, a, in, in other movies or, or TV or whatever... They die, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're, you know, so, sometimes they, not that they don't matter, but sometimes they just don't hit home. That was a character who wasn't, like, he never goes past this point in the storyline. You've only known him for a short time. I, he's in, like, the first third of the movie. His death hits, and it means a lot um, to the plot of the film. It means a lot to the protagonist. Um, it means a lot not just to tony uh emotionally but that man is like literally responsible for tony's survival and his freedom like he he he's the one who who originally put the electric uh electromagnet in there to keep the shrapnel away from his heart he helps him build the suit. He buys him more time. Like, 
he's responsible for Tony's for Tony becoming Iron Man even though Tony is the one who designed the suit he's even more responsible for Tony becoming a hero because his like dying wish other than I love that he can't fly off the bat I love that um and his dying wish is that he's not not only to see his family, but that Tony not waste this second opportunity. That he not waste his life being a merchant of death. That he can make a difference. And, you know, given his resources and his, his genius, he can improve the world. He can be a positive. They ever explain like how they knew where Tony was? Did they explain that? We're gonna have to listen because I'm not. I've never. I've always been a little weirded out by like how did they know to keep looking for him? How did they know that that was the compound Tony was located at? As, that was the fun V. As far as like the Marvel movies go, cinematically, this is probably, I think, one of my favorite to watch. Like this is just a very well-directed movie. Uh, big kudos to Jon Favreau. Um, one of my other favorites, even though it's not high on my list of Marvel movies, um... Captain America, the first Avenger, is just a really beautiful movie to watch. Uh, and then you go, like, Guardians. But this one... This one is still really high up there. It's just a very well-shot film. I love Gwyneth Paltrow so much. I want a cheeseburger too. We should do that. That'd be weird if I took the podcast to go get a cheeseburger. If I just took my recording thing is like 100% mobile. So if I just like picked it off off the mic stand <laughs> and drove to get a cheeseburger and then came back and then we just picked up on the commentary. Would you mind that extra half hour? <laughs> I mean, I suppose I could just pause everything. We could go from there, but. Jeff Bridges here is Obadiah Stane. Jeff Bridges, I don't think I've given him a call out. Uh, I like Jeff Bridges. Um, I don't particularly like him in this role, but I just, I don't think that's his fault. Coulson! There we go. That was what I was alluding to a couple minutes ago. Goddamn, Agent Coulson in Iron Man.
You know, I've never, ever been able to memorize what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for. He just said it. I still don't know what it is. Strategic Homeland Enforcement Intelligence Logistic Division. Is that? No. That's already wrong. Uh, but Coulson. Nice. Um, I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I stopped watching first way through season one. Currently, they're they're advertising. Like I've seen commercials for where the show is now, and I'm super interested now. Like they're in space. How did that happen? Ghost Rider was on the series last last year, but the fact that they're in space now and they're doing like a scroll war. Pretty cool. See, that's an important message. I would have preferred that he not specify only Americans. It would have been really great if he said, I watched innocent people killed with my weapons that were meant to, you know what I mean? But great move from Tony. Love it. And I, I do, I, I love the integrity that it shows of the character. This is obviously very flawed, very... And he doesn't, in my mind, really get any better. I mean, sure, he stops making weapons. But, as we'll discuss, like, way down the road, he, he does essentially use a child as a weapon at some point. <laughs> so, um, back to Jeff. Jeff Bridges... Fantastic actor, celebrated uh, career in Hollywood, but I don't like him in this. No, sorry again. It's not that I don't like him in this role. I do not like this character. So, I love that they have this, like, massive arc reactor. Like, the thing that's powering Tony powers the Iron Man suit. For how long do they ever say? Like, but it can... How big is that one? How, what is that thing powering? Is it not... Because, it, look, if, if the mini one is as powerful as they say it is, then that big one should really be powering the entire city they're standing in. If not the entire West Coast. I don't know what coast he's on, to be honest. Or he's in New York, right? East Coast.
he does look great, Jeff Bridges. You know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, talking about, like, a visual, visual representation of a character, visual recognizability, he looks really great. Is this guy even still on TV? If you're watching this, this guy actually used to be on TV. He used to be, like, a, a financial analysis. There's a great sound effect coming up. Like, a totally, wonderfully cringe-worthy sound effect. I hope you have a good sound system. And then you've got... What is this robot's name? I think I hope I'm remembering the sound effect correctly when she puts her hand in there. <laughs> it's very squishy. <laughs> That's a totally creepy thing to have to do to somebody. Yes, you know what? There have been times in the past where I've like not, I've I've kind of like shit on Marvel for not taking itself seriously. But goddamn, man, it's got some good times. That was fun. This is why this relationship is important. She keeps him grounded. That's why I like, don't like that they kind of... And again, they have to. I understand it, but they, they, they have to push these supporting characters to the side a lot of the time. Um... I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll get another Iron Man film at some point soon. I don't see it. 
what's the robot's name? That robot, I love that robot too. Oddly enough, I just read a study like the other week that says that um, AI drone pilots, artificial intelligent drone pilots, still cannot outperform humans. So I, I don't know what exactly the test scenario was. So, but Rody correct. I don't see how that, that keyboard is user-friendly in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> like, what is it doing? It doesn't make any sense. Now this, I, I don't know why we don't have this technology yet. Come on, guys. Holograms. Get to work on it. And not even that. Like, malleable holographic interface. I totally forgot this. I totally, I totally forgot how they came up with their own Iron Man. But I guess that makes sense. You have a cab decimated by this giant iron golem. You would think that they would try to find the rest of that weapon. So it, it, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. I want a robot arm that obeys my commands. Maybe better than this one, though. I'd like to know how much of this is practical versus digital. That's some really great effects work, though. God, nice. Oh, you know what? It actually makes so much sense that the first thing he would build in the Mark II is the thing that failed him on the Mark I. The flight. 
Oh. <laughs> this is really... I actually do love this kind of R&D... Um, portion of this film. Like, how Tony became Iron Man. Uh, like, the, the things that he built and... The construction and time and innovation that that went into like making his suit what it is that's something that i don't think we've ever seen in a batman movie can i mean correct me if i'm wrong but we have we ever seen batman design i guess i guess in batman begins a little bit well i mean we get the batarangs and the suit and the cowl but this is like this is different this that makes any sense. Well, I guess it's com it's comparable. I just feel like there's more of an evolution in this one than there was in that. I could be wrong. No, maybe not because he did. Bruce did fight in the. Um, and like the proto Batman suit, which was basically him in like a balaclava. Then they bought the bad cows and they smashed those. Then they got the good cows. Yeah, okay. Eh, com comparable, I guess. I will say that as far as like Marvel lightens the tone quite a bit as they go on. Some people really love it. Some people don't. I, the tone of this very much feels to me like the tone of Batman Beyond or not Batman Beyond, sorry, Batman Begins. Uh, the Dark Knight obviously is decidedly darker, but the tone of this, the tone of Batman Begins I love that kind of tone for my superhero movies where there's there's humor but it doesn't dominate. You know what I mean? It's nice, it's there, it's natural. I want pizza now. Stop mentioning food, please. Um action comedy, I get, but it's not even action comedy. Like lethal weapon, you know what I mean? Like there it's that I don't know how to define it. Action with comedy, but not necessarily action comedy. But it's very... It's a great balance. It's a great tone. This movie really does pave the way for greatness. I think it's probably... want to try that I mean absolutely no doubt fuck it up I feel like that wouldn't work because there, it looks like there's only one thruster on the foot I think you would need two I think you would need heel toe you know what I mean because you'd be able to bend your foot to redirect like I understand the hand portions but I think the feet would need a heel and a toe I'm no aviator though or aeronautical engineer. So take everything I say with an absolute grain of salt.
Nice form. <laughs> That's a great gag. That's a great joke. Here we go. Mark two. If you don't know, I collect statues. I cannot believe I don't have an Iron Man statue. I have a Captain America. No Iron Man. And I want one. I've been, I've been, like, I constantly look for an Iron Man statue, but I, I, it needs to be the right one. And I haven't, the Mark, there's a Mark, what is Mark 7 in this is, I think, like, his defining suit. The red and yellow. Um, this is so cool, too. Just like where it's cheap. And if you're paying attention, like, all of these are, I mean, it's, it's obviously, like, encompassing him and, like, uh, morphing and molding the fit. But they're also, like, the panels will help control flight. I do love, and I mean, again, like, but something this movie does really, really well, and it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a massive credit to Jon Favreau as a director, is they rip visuals right out of comic book history and put it right on the page. You go with the Mark I suit, um, to this. And I, I don't know if the suit ever looked like this, like this um, full uh, brushed metal suit. But once it gets the paint job, like that's Iron Man right off of the comic book page. Um, so the designers, the, um, I don't know if costume designers necessarily, um, but the visual designers for this film, the... Um, computer animators the visual effects people god they did their homework man and like a massive massive kudos to them because uh they did it right Oh, so that's emergency flaps. Okay. Great moment. Ah. <laughs> a 
excellent gag. I will say that, man. They paced the laughs in this really, really well. Like, they set them up. It must suck to have to cut holes in all of your t-shirts. Like, why is it? That makes no sense, actually. Why would he cut a hole in his t-shirt? The only reason that's there is to remind you he's got that thing in him. Which eventually they just don't do and it, it shines through the shirt. And I think eventually it just stops shining through the shirt. Now this is the reveal, right? I actually dig that it's like a plot point. Like the the OG suit, you know what I mean? That it's not just a second of fan service, that it's actually in the film for quite a while. There, see? Now it's shining through the shirt. So why did that last shirt have a hole cut in it? The one thing that I, that's always bothered me that they never really explain is how does the suit lessen the damage to the man inside? You know what I mean? Like it, what's inside the suit? Because it, like when he steps in it, is it, is his flesh? To, like look at that, look at that mask. There's nothing. There's no foam padding or anything like that. Like is his flesh right against the metal? Like wouldn't that? Like when he, when he fell through two floors, wouldn't that hurt? I love that Jarvis is just like sarcastic. Ah, it looks so good. Oh, five hours? You just are they just painting it, or are they rebuilding an entirely new suit? Well, no, I guess an entirely new suit because it's the Mark Seven now, right? Some nice cars in this film, by the way. I will say that Tony Stark has excellent taste. And there's the first... Uh, is that the first? I'm actually... Very curious now if that's the first Stan Lee cameo. Because I have to think that it would probably be in... Like... One of Raimi's Spider-Man films, right? No? Yes, no? Coulson again. He's so good. Clark Gregg is such a charismatic actor. 
I would love to see him as something other than Agent Coulson. He just said S.H.I.E.L.D. again. I still don't know what that one stands for. <laughs> yep. Yep. Again, Tony Stark. Excellent taste. I just said he did. Tony agrees. Tony Stark agrees with me that he has great taste. I actually do dig that they didn't like really play out this will they won't they relationship for very long. Like they actually there's a relationship, it evolves, it grows. It's good. These two have actually really good on-screen chemistry. Um, and I don't even think, like, this movie is the best example of that. I think we get... It gets better as this series goes. I'll, I'll probably say that their chemistry might be strongest in... Maybe Avengers or... Um... Iron Man 3? Is she in Civil War? I can't really remember. But there are other, like... As I keep saying, they keep pushing these, like, um... Supporting characters aside. But she does show up... Here and there in the other, like, crossover Marvel films. And... Even in those small examples... Those small interactions... Uh... The, the chemistry and the, and the interactions are just very, very strong and feel very real. No, I'm wrong. I don't think she was Sonya Blade. Was she Sonya Blade? I can't remember. Now we're going to have to look at... Go to IMDb. Leslie Bibb, discography, not discography, filmography.
She's in Trick or Treat. Interesting. She was in ER. I actually have no idea when Mortal Kombat was made, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, well, I know her name. Let's just go back. Let's just... No, she's totally not in Mortal Kombat. That is Bridget Wilson Sampras. So entirely, like, totally ignore me. I was wrong. Anyway, I like Leslie Bibb. She's very cool. She's great. She should be in more. So, now, the Ten Rings. Is that a direct tie to Iron Man 3, then? Like, are they directly tied to the Mandarin? I don't think I ever noticed that before. I'll have to pay attention when we get to Iron Man 3. Because I remember, like, when they were doing the shooting the video, his hostage video in the cave, that they had that flag behind them. And it, I was sure that I had seen that flag in Iron Man 3, and I was going to say something about it. But now that she's mentioned the Ten Rings, it seems like an obvious crossover. And I'm actually surprised that, like, when this movie came out, we weren't all freaking out about it. Oh my god, they said the Ten Rings, you know? Like, is that a... Interesting. The CG effects in this are still very, very solid. Like, you know how CG can, like, over time it dates itself? I'm not sure how it does. I just, I guess maybe it just becomes more and more believable. So, as it becomes more and more believable, your eyes can see the imperfections in the older technology easier. But this stands up really, really well. God, I love that mask. What is that Disney saying? That um, your character... Your character's identity, your character's identity is only as strong as their silhouette, or something like that. Uh, it was like um, I want to say, like a Walt Disney thing. Was it Disney, or maybe it was Stan Lee, or maybe it was someone at Nintendo? I don't know who to credit that to. I'm not even getting the quote right, but it was the kind of thing where it's like. A really strong character, you should be able to identify a really strong character visually without 
having to see any detail. Like you should be by just their silhouette, you should be able to see who they are. So if I showed you a shadow of Mickey Mouse, you would know that that is Mickey Mouse. If I showed you a shadow of Superman or Batman, you would know it was Superman or Batman. Iron Man is very weird because he shouldn't have that silhouette recognition, but I think he still does. You know what I mean? Because he's very, I don't want to say angular, but almost very nondescript. This is such a great action sequence. And this is why, because you find you start to see like all the things he's putting in the suit, and all the innovations, and how like fucking dangerous Tony can be when he's in that suit. This is the suit that I wanted a statue of. Now, they don't necessarily, because this is the old suit, and they've gone through, like, I think five more iterations on it. That was great. Uh, but again, how does he not get hurt? What's inside the suit that stops Tony from getting, like, he should be jelly inside of that thing right now. And, like, literally one of the greatest shots in superhero movie history right here. That's so fucking badass. That is one of the best frames ever put on film. Um, but, yeah, like, imagine... And don't actually do it. Just imagine it. Putting a hamster in a soup can and shaking really hard. A hamster's not going to come out of it very well, right? Well, that's kind of Tony in the suit. How is he okay at the end of the day? Oh, is Cody in R&D weapon, weapons development in this? Okay. I thought he was just a pilot, to be completely honest. This is a great exchange. <laughs> 
Sorry, guys. I'm like running out of things to, to say, and I'm just really enjoying this. <laughs> Remember that, like, in Iron Man 1, Tony fights two fighter jets. <laughs> it's so good. The Starkster? Is that what it said? I always thought that that looked a little awkward, him clinging to the belly of this plate. Like, I... Oh, Jesus. I said, I'm sorry, how did he not get cut in half? You know what I mean? Like, I need to know how the suit's protecting him. I need to know how the suit works so I can build one myself. <laughs> um, this is a great save, too. You know what I mean? Like, hey, no hard feelings. You shot me out of... You tried to shoot me out of the sky. The, out of the sky. Oh, and they named it Whiplash. Now, here's the thing. is because I'm not... I've been saying it the whole time, too. And everybody says it. That this was the beginning of... Uh, or this was... This is definitely the beginning of the Marvel Universe. But I think... Too many people give it credit as, like... This was the beginning of the plan. You know what I mean? Um, so what I mean by that is, like, everybody says, like, this is obviously the beginning of the Marvel Universe. It is. It's the first film that is the, uh, the precursor to everything that's to come after it. But I don't think it was, like, there's, a, 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 we'll, we'll get to the end credit scene when we get there, but obviously Nick uh, Fury shows up and he, there have been hints at S.H.I.E.L.D. all throughout the film. Well, so maybe it was planned from the very beginning. But I, 
you know what? It's entirely possible that they had it planned, but... <laughs> it's a great lie. Um... I seem to remember them saying that because of Coulson always hinting and because of the Nick Fury cameo at the end, everyone's like, well, oh my God, are you going to actually, you're going to bring the Avengers in? Is it going to be bigger? And, and, and I seem to remember everybody around this film saying that, well, no, not necessarily, you know, I, I think they wanted to see how the film performed before they dedicated themselves to any of that, right? I want to... Who produced this? Like, was Kevin Feige involved in this film? Like, has was he even a part at this point? And I want to say that this wasn't Disney yet, was it? No, it was Paramount. Paramount's name was on this at the very beginning. So, where do I find... Who produced this? Uh... Sorry, I'm searching IMDb because I want to give like I want to be factual when I talk about this. I don't want to like make shit up off the top of my head, but I don't. Writers, cast, crew. No. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Kevin Feige was involved at this point because it was a Paramount thing. So I can see this as the first step in the Marvel Universe but I honestly don't think they really had plans beyond this film I think they put that stinger in at the very end the post credit scene um, as a you know we're just having fun it's just a fun little thing and I remember them saying that as a matter of fact that like look we don't really have these plans it's just this is a fun little thing it's a little nod to the comic book fans. They'll have fun with it. It's cool. It hints at the Avengers. And I don't think the Avengers, like, plan the, the larger Marvel Universe, I don't think that actually... See, there's the Ten Rings uh, flag behind him. Um, I don't think that actually became or, or came into play until the Disney buy. And I don't know when Disney bought Marvel. I want to say it was... Iron Man 2 or 3. Maybe it was right after this. Maybe Disney saw how rabid fans were after the Nick Fury cameo. Like, oh my god, they're going to make an Avengers movie? I don't think they had planned it at this point. I honestly really do not think they did. I th I, I'm 90-some percent sure that it came after this point And it came after the Disney buy. Because I don't think we get a film... Um, I don't think we get another Avengers character film until after the Disney buy. And we have Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk. And The Incredible Hulk is a separate studio and was not originally tied into this film You know what I mean? Like, I'm maybe not explaining this well. It's getting late and I'm getting tired. 
maybe I don't think I'm actually now starting to think that they didn't really plan the larger Marvel Universe until Captain America, the first Avenger. It doesn't negate the importance of this film itself, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm trying to figure out when that plan actually came... Like, when they actually started laying down the plan for it. And I, don't, I really don't think it happened until after Disney bought them and said... Disney made... You know what I'm saying? Disney executives made that decision. This is something we could make into an ongoing money-making series. Uh, with long-lasting appeal, multiple characters, big tie-ins. Um, I'm just not sure when that happened. And I don't think... It was planned at this point. That's all I'm saying. With 100% honesty, knowing that I could be wrong. So... But I, I'm almost sure, like, that that end credits tease, because I remember talking to people about that and nerding about, out about it. Like, do you think they're going to make an Avengers movie? That would be so awesome. And I remember, like, reading, because, I mean, I'm obsessed with movies. I always have been, so I read press in here. And I'm sure that I remember reading them saying that, no, there were no plans to go beyond Iron Man into other characters of the Avengers. But that if the series went on and if, it continued to be a big hit that anything could happen in the future. So the seed was planted here for sure, but I don't think the plan was actually put into action yet. That was a very long-winded breakdown. This looks like a pretty sweet operating system. It's very odd that she's done all of this and the mouse hasn't moved at all yet though. Maybe she just likes shortcut keys. Is there no nod to Tony's dad in this film? Is that not till Iron Man 2? Because uh, I want to see if they if that's the same actor as well all the way through the um, through the Marvel films, I guess. Through I guess maybe the Iron Man Avengers proper films. Well, no, because he's in Captain America as well. But that's definitely whoa. No, it's definitely not the same actor as, like, the flashbacks that we see of Tony's dad.
See, this is like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand Obadiah's motivation in like, look, we built this company. This company is very important to me. It was built, you know, like it's it's a kind of a changing of the guards kind of thing. Like, he's very proud of what the company is. This is what he comp he wants the company to be. It's what they built the company on. But he, like he takes a really hardcore villainous turn. Not not for no for no reason, but like the company's not bankrupt. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a little worried about the stock prices, but he, he kind of goes really crazy really quick. And don't get me wrong, there have been villains in movies that have had far less motivation. I just don't, don't necessarily buy it. Coulson's so good. But, ah, see, that's where I, I think I could be wrong about whether or not they had this planned or not. Because would Coulson be in here if they weren't planning something bigger? Because would they really introduce S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because I understand if it was like an Easter egg for fans. But he seems to be like a reoccurring thing in this film, you know what I mean? Like, Coulson showed up three times already. Neither am I. None of us is, except that dude. That's fucking creepy. What? So many applications? Like what, dude? That's... See, and it's, it's even before this. He ordered the hit on Tony before any of this even happened. He wanted Tony to get kidnapped. He wanted Tony to get killed. This is also something I've never understood is like he can't he's never seen a, a, a mini arc reactor until Tony he can't design a mini arc reactor on his own or his scientists but somehow he has a mini arc reactor removal tool
I mean, they're stupid little inconsistencies, but they're just things that nag at me every once in a while. Why does he have that thing? Why does he have a Tony Stark can opener? That doesn't make any sense. So I guess his motivation from the very beginning of the movie is just that he wanted the company, right? And that's fair, I guess. Like I said, I mean, there have been villains and other things that have had far less motivation. And as far as the Marvel films go, there are lesser villains. Um, what's his name in, in Thor The Dark World, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, my biggest, my biggest problem with this, this film has always been the villain. Um, and just that I just don't, you know how you like, like to like villains or you love to hate villains kind of thing. I've just been very indifferent about Obadiah Stane. Always. I think it's very unfair to the audience that this entire movie, you tease that hot rod and we never get to see it fired up even once. And I know that perhaps I should be focusing on the man dying, the main protagonist, not healthy, no heart. That damn robot's so good. Something else I, I don't necessarily get. Well, I guess it was more the buzzing thing that's making him weak. Because I always kind of mentally um, associate Tony's weakness there with the fact that he doesn't have the arc reactor. But the arc reactor is not powering Tony. It's just keeping that stuff in the way. I mean, I guess maybe it could be somewhat functioning like a pacemaker. But, like, he's still got a heart. The heart and the brain are still the things keeping Tony moving. So the arc reactor is, I guess, only there to make sure that that shrapnel doesn't shred his insides. Tony! Tony! Again, I like Terrence Howard, but I will say that I like Terrence Howard. I think he's really great in this movie, but I don't necessarily miss him as Rhodey. Like, Don Cheadle steps in and does an incredible job, a really great job as Rhodey.
this is like I love how like just how fucking chill Coulson is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not phased at all. Like he's a great, great shield agent. It's I will say unfortunate that I don't follow the show because I really, really do love that character. course the tease for war machine that's the only thing that i like feel bad for terrence howard really is that he didn't get to play war machine and he kind of didn't get to take part in the rest of this universe but hey empire's having a hell of a run so i mean he can't be that upset This is something that I've always, I've just always been like, why? You know, like, why did he make the suit so big? <laughs> it's just, I, I don't, maybe because he didn't understand. Like, it doesn't have to be that light. It just seems so, I mean, I guess he's a weapons manufacturer, so he wants like a, a tank. He wants a mech kind of thing. But it just seems like a disadvantage. This is great. Oh my god, I never realized how much that mirrors the shot of Hulk ripping through the helicarrier in the Avengers. Like, that's, I never, that never even, like, crossed my mind before how I, and they have to be direct nods, where Scarlet Witch is running from, not Scarlet Witch, sorry, uh, Black Widow is running from the Hulk, and her running from Obadiah Stane. See, and, and that's what I get, like, as far as, like, I, I, I understand the character's motivations and everything, but he's just going to start, like, straight up fucking murdering his employees, and he thinks he's still going to be able to keep the company. Like, has Tony threatened to, to fire him or anything? Has he threatened to remove him from the board? No, not at all. Not that I recall, anyway. So, 
he just decides like he's not fired he's still part of the company he just decided like i want to still build weapons so i'm gonna go on a murderous rampage and hope there are no consequences <laughs> it's just such a weird turn of events This is a fun fight, though. Yeah, like, I just don't, I don't like the, I, what do they call this suit? Although, I suppose you could make the argument that it's the prototype for the Hulkbuster. You could 100% make that argument. I mean, it's not. I'm just saying, if you wanted to sound smart, <laughs> although you wouldn't sound smart at all. But you could totally make an argument that that would be, that might be the prototype for the Hulkbuster. Um, but in its current form right now, and I mean, maybe it's just because, oh, I've seen this movie, so I know he loses, but I see no advantages to it being bigger. It's less maneuverable. It's a much larger target. It doesn't seem like it has any significant power advantage. Wait, so they just, like, had a fight on a highway. Well, are, we, are we to believe there were no people in that bus that just blew up? I'm just saying, like, were there no people in that bus? Did they all get out? I don't remember. Did they show that? I'm just trying to see if there's any collateral damage here, because he certainly doesn't seem to care, but Tony did... Oh, great, great moment. Superman punch. See, this is what I don't get. If he, if he fires the chest piece again.
that was such a great design idea. The uh, close-up of uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s face with just like the um, holographic user interface on it to represent him inside the um, the suit. It just it's so effective. It works so well. You still get the humanity of the actor. You still get to see uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. And then you can do these outside shots of just the suit, full CG animation fighting. And it's just as effective, you know what I mean? Like, you actually believe he's in that suit. It's very well done. John Favreau, man. I would love to see John Favreau direct another Marvel movie. As much as I, the more I gush about this, the more I'm like, yeah, man, bring Favreau back to do one. Are the, the Russo brothers doing Infinity War Part 2? Like, are they directing both of them back to back? Because if not, I say bring Favreau back. Actually, you know, John Favreau would make an excellent Spider-Man movie. I'd love to see that. Like, how bad a shot do you gotta be? I'll be honest, I've never really understood that either. How Tony just gets pushed out of the way, but he gets fried. I'm not complaining. Suspension of disbelief and all that. It's just there, like I said, there's a few things in here that just... Logically, my brain's like, I don't... That makes no sense. Why does he have a Tony Stark can opener? It makes no sense at all. Where did it come from? Although I guess he was poking around in Tony's house. You have to assume maybe Tony invented one of those things after Pepper had to remove his arc reactor so he could then do it himself. So maybe or, or um, maybe Stain just found it as he was poking around. Sure, why not? That makes sense. Sounds good to me. This was the master stroke. And I, and I mean that 100%. This was the master stroke, in my opinion, of the Marvel Universe. Well, one of many. But the 
the fact that there are no secret identities. I mean, for the most part, Spider-Man has his secret identity, but Thor's Thor. Captain America is, um... Um... Shit, all I can think is Steve Trevor. Um... That's, sorry, that's my DC brain, guys. Steve Rogers. Um... there and I'll be honest I didn't the first time I saw that I didn't catch it the entire movie he was saying the strategic homeland blah 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 because I don't I don't know the acronym or I don't know I'm sorry I don't know what the words what the letters in the acronym stand for so I didn't catch it the entire time until he said just call me shield I was like holy shit shield <laughs> Anyway, Captain America, Steve Rogers, Thor is Thor, uh, Hawkeye is whatever his name is, um, Black Widow is Natasha Romanoff, uh, Hulk is Bruce Banner, you know what I mean? Like, the characters and their, um, their, uh, not secret identities, but their, um, alter egos are the same person like they're tied to each other tony stark is iron man he never hides from it and i think that's really brilliant because you remove that whole having to hide their secret identity thing which is a kind of a major distraction a lot of the time in superhero films again if you want to go dc there's always how do people not know that Clark Kent is Superman? He's literally just wearing glasses to disguise himself. How do people know Bruce not know Bruce Wayne is Batman because he's this billionaire who's always around, who is very mysterious, who seems to be tied in a million different ways to Batman, but no one puts together that he's Batman. But this This is a a masterstroke. It's so smart. There you go. And it's absolutely so fitting because that is something Tony Stark's ego would want. He would want the world to know it was him. Little little Ozzy going on. Iron Man. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know if it's Ozzy or Sabbath. I've never been able to differentiate the two. I think it's Sabbath. Sabbath did Iron Man, right? That was a lot of fun, guys. I enjoyed it. We got a lot more to go. <laughs> Seven rings again. Ten rings, sorry. Ten rings. I really want to know if that was a deliberate, like, plant. Like, if they deliberately meant that to be incorporated with the Mandarin. Not saying that they had deliberately planned it to tie up to the Mandarin in episode three. You know what I mean? But just, like... 
if that was a Favreau nod, if that was a little wink to the history of Iron Man, a little Easter egg for people. Very, very interesting. All right, so we will go all the way through the credits here. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Okay, so there's like a, a, a final credit scene. That, guys, that was really fun. Let's give a... Um, I guess we can do a really quick uh, cast and crew shout out. So, released in 2008, directed by John Favreau, starring Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, John Favreau, shows up as Happy Hogan, Terrence Howard, Jeff Bridges, Paul Bettany as Jarvis, uh, Leslie Bibb, Clark Gregg, kind of the main actors, the main um, cast in it. Uh, really, just a fantastic movie from beginning to end. It does, it stands solidly, like, uh, shoulder to shoulder. Oh, I, do, I really, Stanley, I really want to see if this was the first Stanley cameo. Uh, but this stands shoulder to shoulder with my other favorite uh, superhero films. And it's, it's hard for me to say, like, this is my favorite superhero film of all time. Because there's, there are really quite a few quality um, superhero films. Uh, and I always do say that like this is tied with like The Dark Knight. But then I think about it and I'm like, well, Captain America and the Winter Soldier is a real favorite of mine. Um, but if you know me as well from other things, I'm a huge fan of uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. I'm a huge fan of uh, Michael Keaton's 1989 Batman. I'm a huge fan of Christopher Reeve's 1978 Superman. So there's like... I can't necessarily say it's my favorite, but it is in the very top tier. You know what I mean? Like... If you were going to line them up, kind of a right stuff shot, slow motion walking to the camera... These are the best of the best of the superhero films. This film gets on that roster. No doubt in my mind. Um, and Infinity War coming down the pipe, man. Just the thought that this is the thing whether or not it was planned at this point or not doesn't necessarily matter because this was the first step on that journey. This was the seed that was planted. And it's safe to say that Marvel has never had a miss. I don't like, I, I can't think of what they haven't had a failure. They've had films that weren't received as, say, as warmly as other films, but they've never had a full-out fail. Um, they've had a number of movies now. Single standing movies make a billion dollars, uh, which is just ludicrous. They've... Like, these... And I, and I mean, people have made this, this argument before, but like, C and B tier characters... Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, I've always thought was like a, an A-lister. But Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, uh, 
Nick Fury. Uh, these are uh, characters that a lot of people wouldn't know about unless they were comic book readers, comic book fans. Maybe if you were like a cartoon fan. Um, but like most people, we're talking like the general population, would know Captain America. They'd know the Incredible Hulk. They'd know, say, Wolverine and Spider-Man from the Marvel Universe. And that's kind of it. You know what I mean? So for for the Marvel Universe to launch with Iron Man and then just continue to introduce characters, side characters, and then to bring them all together. In the first Avengers, that was one hell of a, a, an accomplishment. And then to keep going, to keep that on a roll, to keep showing signs of success... To introduce things like the Guardians of the Galaxy. To a point now where we're on the cusp of, like, as I say this, Thor Ragnarok has just released. Infinity War's on the horizon. Black Panther's coming. Like, that's one hell of an accomplishment. And you can, you can praise Disney all you want for it. You can praise Kevin Feige all you want for it. And... You would be right to. But the simple fact of the matter is this all started with John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. And while Robert Downey Jr. continues to get the praise that he deserves because he is still Iron Man this entire time, he's still... Hans Zimmer produced the music on this? Who'd have thought? Who composed? I want to know who the composer on this is. Iron Man by Jack Urbant. Hans Zimmer produced this soundtrack. That's very interesting. I had no idea. Interesting. Um, but very cool. Anyway, I was saying... I, while Robert Downey Jr. still continually gets props for being part of this universe from the very beginning, um, I don't know if John Favreau gets as much recognition as he deserves. And here we go. This was... nice now it's become commonplace for people to accept that the post credit scenes lead to the next movie or something that's coming up in the future but I swear that I heard I swear and I stand by it that they added that as just a like wink and a nod like it was never intended to like oh if you stay after the credits is like a cool little um cool little Easter egg for Marvel fans But it's not to say that that egg didn't hatch. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe that they didn't intend for it to become what it was. They didn't think about it. But I think they saw what the response was to that. And they said, all right, we need to make this happen because obviously people want it. Obviously there is a market there. And if we capitalize on that market, we could run this table for a long time. And kudos to them, man. Kudos to Jon Favreau, uh, Marvel, Disney, uh, Kevin Feige, the Russo brothers. You've all done just outstanding. Outstanding, outstanding work. Um, and hey, hey, man, like, here's to another 10 years. I'm all for it. I know people keep talking about, like, superhero fatigue here, that, this and that, but... I'm all for it, man. I'm all for Marvel's success. I, I hope DC could get their, their their house in order. And I'm not bashing DC, guys. I'm a huge DC fan and I've loved most of the movies. Or at least enjoyed them. But there... There can be no doubt that... As far as reception goes, DC doesn't hold a candle to, to Marvel at this point. Um, you can talk about bank and box office, Marvel's, uh, or, or DC's first four or five films have made more money overall than Marvel's first four or five films. There's all these disagreements and crazy things, but we're talking about just general audience reception. The only movie DC has had that has been received as well as your average or, or, or higher end Marvel movies is Wonder Woman. She is the only one that stands, say, toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I, I mean, I'm talking about, like, the universe-building films. We, we're, we're not talking at all about Batman Begins or uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, uh, Superman, stuff like that. We're talking just the universe films. Um, because if we start talking, like, the Dark Knight and stuff like that, well, this conversation is going to go off the rails. And, uh... And I don't think Marvel can really talk about this scope and breadth and filmmaking standard that, say, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are. I, I don't count The Dark Knight Rises. Good film, but it, it's, it pales in comparison to the first two of those series, of that series. Anyway, guys, super, super fun. I hope you enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to enjoy this ride. I Next time, not going to do it so late at night. So hopefully my brain doesn't need to pause and take as many rests as it did this time. Um, but I was also, you know, enjoying the movie. Uh, God. This is film history. This is Hollywood history. And it was a big step for an entire era of Hollywood films. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Steve, a.k.a. Zen Ronan, and this has been Zen Ronan Presents Iron Man. Next up, Iron Man 2. Uh, I will release that next week, and, uh, and I hope you guys enjoy this series. Feel free to um, give me a download, or not give me a download. Feel free to download a copy. It'll probably make it easier for you guys to watch. Um... Like, subscribe, share, 
Do I, do I, I'm on YouTube or not YouTube. Jesus Christ, I'm tired. I'm on iTunes now. If you guys want to rate and um, rate and review on there uh, or on SoundCloud, wherever you guys find me, that's fine. Uh, give me some feedback. But um, this is the course of action for the next few weeks is uh, doing all the Marvel films. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I sure as hell enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. So until next time, sleep well, stay safe, much love, take care of yourselves and each other, and I hope to see you again real soon. Good night, everybody.